0: Hello, greetings, so glad for your interest in spiritual matters and so glad you've joined us today. I'm Ethan and I work with the Venice Church of Christ. where disciples making disciples on the west side of Los Angeles. In Matthew chapter 16 and in verse 18, after Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus commended him and said that he uh, are, is Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We do all to do a good exploration from Scripture of the nature of this church, this ecclesia in Greek, that uh, Jesus has established, and a very important part of understanding uh, the nature of the church is understand the nature of its work. In First Timothy chapter five and verse sixteen, we get a very important lesson about the church. Paul says to Timothy. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened, so that it may care for those who are really widows. It's important to notice here is that from this verse we can see there are times when God has not burdened the church with various tasks that it may be profitable and better for others to bear. And there have been significant controversies throughout time especially in Churches of Christ these days, regarding certain practices that, in fact, according to the Scriptures, would overburden the Church. Previous time we've discussed the work of the local church, and we see that in the Scriptures, the Church is supposed to be active in uh, providing benevolent support for its members and for those other Christians in other places who may be in need. It is to support evangelists and the work of evangelism. It is to support the edification and encouragement of itself. It must stand for the truth. That is what God has given the church as a local church to do. But there's a lot of practices well beyond this that many churches now engage in. These practices include, but are not limited to, church benevolence to non-saints, church support of centers of education, fellowship halls, gymnasiums, hospitals, and now coffee shops, and things of that sort. Let us spend some time examining the scriptures and see what they have to say about matters like these. Perhaps the most contentious matter involves whether the church can give benevolence or financial support to those who are not of a local church or who are not within the fold of Christ in another place. Now, within churches of Christ, this matter caused significant divisions in the 1940s and 1950s. The question was about authority. Does the church have the authority to give benevolence to orphans' homes, to have food pantries and things of that nature as the local church? It's important to note that nowhere in the New Testament do we have any command for the local church to participate in these actions. There is no example of the church participating in these actions. There's no reason to demand that the church was doing these things as the church. Uh, the church, as we have said, is burdened with the support of those saints in need. We see this in Acts 11, 28-30, when relief was brought to Jerusalem because of the impending famine uh, prophesied by Agabus. And in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, 1 Corinthians 16, Paul uh, anticipates the need of needy saints in Jerusalem again. As he's making his trip back, he pr- pr- picks up support from churches throughout Galatia, uh, Achaea, and Macedonia. Now, it may be that somebody who is not in the body is assisted incidentally when we help a saint in need. So if there is a Christian who is in need and they are married to somebody who is not a Christian, that person may indirectly benefit. Uh, we can see that the church has not been burdened anywhere with directly assisting those who are outside the body of Christ, which is consistent with the purpose of the church. The church is present for the edification and the encouragement of itself. It needs to build itself up in love in Ephesians 4, 11-16, 1 Corinthians 14, and Hebrews 10 emphasize this work of edification and encouragement so the church's focus is inward its own self-promotion and it's important to note that yes people outside are supposed to get support and help that that is the work of the individual Christians in their lives to do good all men especially those of the house of the faith in Galatians 6:10 um, and in other passages uh, now, there's a lot of people who would like to suggest that the scriptures may actually show some times and situations in which uh, churches may have helped uh, those uh, those outside the body. Uh, many times they'll try to cite 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13, which reads, By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and your generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon on you. In context, this is about, again, the saints in Judea and how the Christians in Corinth were collecting for their needs. And so many would suggest that the, for them and for others, for all, for all others in the ESV, that those for all would be uh, all the other people who were not members of the church. Uh, but when we look at that passage, it's you can't necessarily make that argument. There is no guarantee that all others are all other People outside the body. They could be for all other saints, all other Christians in other places as well. And you consider uh, for them and for all others, while they, who are the they, they is a collection of all the objects before them and all others long and pray for you. Uh, that strongly suggests that these people are praying and longing for these fellow Christians, something that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense if, in fact, uh, these are non saints. These not people who are members of the church are not Christians. And so all others are other Christians who have received benevolence from the hand of the Corinthians. Uh, we have no basis to assume or demand that that refers to uh, the church in Corinth providing uh, financial support for Christians, or for people who are not Christians, excuse me. The other verse often cited is James chapter 1 verse 27, uh, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit widows and orphans in their affliction to keep oneself unstained from the world. Uh, the idea, well, look, we're supposed to visit widows and orphans that are stressed, therefore the church should support uh, any widows and orphans, not just those of the church. But we need to be careful and understand what the verse is saying. Who does God expect to do this? And we look at the rest of the verse to keep oneself unstained from the world. Uh, the object here, the person that James is talking to, is not the church as such, but individual Christians. Individual Christians are the ones who are to visit widows and orphans in their distress, and individual Christians are the ones who are to keep themselves unstained from the world. Uh, the collective is not in view, the individual Christian is in view. And that's something important to keep in mind as we turn to the other scripture most often cited, which was when one we mentioned earlier, Galatians 6 and verse 10. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. That'll be see. We are to do this, and he's writing to the churches of Galatia, so he's talking about what the local church is supposed to do. And it would seem to settle it. We need to understand something about the way that uh, all languages communicated when writing to a group of people. Uh, this may seem like an obscure explanation, but it's something that we automatically deduce when we uh, have a conversation. Uh, it's just an intrinsic part of language. Um... There are times when we will use the plural to speak about many people as a collective group, a collective, we or you or they. And there are times where we will use the plural to talk about what we'll call a distributive, we or you or they. And the difference between a collective or a distributive is they're both a plurality, but the idea is that the collective is something that is done as a collective, the distributive is something that is done as individuals. Uh, an example that we could easily refer to would be, for instance, if a coach of a basketball team uh, says, Hey, you've got to get on the court and you've got to play better basketball. Uh, w- that's really a distributive thing. You can't say that the mass, the collective, cannot, as a collective, play better basketball. Each individual member of that team must play better basketball in order for them to play better basketball. However, at the end of the game, the same coach can stand for me and said, we played a great game today, we won a great game. And, and yes, it required the individual contributions, but it is a collective victory. Uh, one individual player did not win that game. The team won the game. And so you can use the same terms, you and we, and refer to a group of people and really refer to the individual behaviors of those people or as a collective group. And so any time that we look at a passage that says we or you, we, we, we need to keep this in mind. And we look at Galatians chapter 6. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and let then his reason to boast will be himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load." One who is taught the word must share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are the household of faith. So look at that passage. Does it seem like he's talking to a group as a collective? Uh, as a collective body in the collective efforts? No, no. He, he's been talking to them as individuals. He's writing to the churches of Galatia, absolutely. But just because he's writing to the churches of Galatia does not mean that he has the church as a collective in mind all the time. Uh, likewise, we just read a verse in 1 Timothy 5, which Paul is writing to Timothy an individual, but he's writing about how the church should conduct himself. So merely because a person uh, is the recipient of a letter, or a church is a recipient of a letter, does not automatically mean that everything in a letter must refer to the individual or the church. It, it's a decision based 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 upon the reasonableness of how uh, the author is communicating. When we look at this whole section, Uh, he's really talking to individuals. many times it is in the singular. He uh, thinks he is something. When he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one tests his own work. And so there's plenty of times where there's a singular involved, which is, again, not talking about the church collective. He's talking about uh, individual people. And so we here is Paul and each of the individual Christians in Galatia. There's no reason that it is to be concluded that what Paul has in mind is some kind of collective support of an organization or institution or even an Individual outside of the body of Christ based upon the use of this verse. So I hope that we can see that the scriptures here are insufficient to prove the case that yes, God expects the church to provide support to non-Christians. This may seem very startling to people because so much of what people associate with the church is helping people in need. And again, we want to stress it's important for people that need to be helped, but Jesus did it himself, and Jesus expected the apostles to do that, and Jesus encouraged the apostles to encourage people to do that. Uh, why does it have to be done through the work and agency of the corporate collective? Uh, what, what, what motivates that kind of thing? Why can't we help people as individuals? And to be able to not just provide material assistance, but to provide time, emotional support and encouragement, uh, a lot of times those who are in need need a lot more than just physical resources. They need somebody to love and care for them. And so it's very clear, very important that we uh, emphasize here that the scriptures do burden the individual to assist those outside the body. Galatians 6.10 is absolutely written to individual Christians and needs to be stressed that individual Christians need to be active in that work. And so let us do this work helping those who are in need uh, outside the body, but especially help those who are of the household of faith. And it also should be stressed that just because the local congregation can help those in need of, of fellow Christians, that does not Uh, mean that individual Christians should not do so as well. There's plenty of passages, this one included, that would suggest that individual Christians need to help other Christians in need as well. We mentioned when we talked about the issue of congregational support and benevolence of non-saints that that was a major issue that divided Churches of Christ in the 1940s and 1950s. That was the issue to get people get in the door, but the real issue back in the 40s and 50s was whether the church can support institutions of higher learning. Therefore, is there authority in the New Testament for the church to give money to especially colleges, but it would also extend to uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and so on and so forth? again we look in the pages of scripture there is no command example or informa- inference to suggest that in fact the local church has ever been burdened with the expectation to run facilitate or financially support a low elementary school a middle school high school college or even a college of preaching in fact uh, there were secular centers of learning in fact in acts 19 paul uh, rented the hall of tyrannous or use the Hall of Tyrannus in the middle of the day when Tyrannus was not using it to teach his students. So again, there were centers of learning, but we don't see the church involved in those. Uh, The prevailing example is what we see in the pastoral letters, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus, where Paul is encouraging Timothy and Titus uh, in their work. He seemed to have been their mentor. He mentored them, he guided them in their work. Uh, Jesus and the Apostles. What, what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't send them to some school. Jesus taught and trained them in the field. In Second Timothy 2 and verse 2, What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So... Yes, there is absolutely a need for, for instance, preachers to be trained. Um, There is absolutely a need for instruction in the faith. The church is all about instruction in the faith, but it doesn't have to set up a separate institution to do that. It itself is the institution which God expects to uphold the truth, to be the pillar and support of the truth in 1 Timothy 3 and in verse 15. Uh, It has not been given to other organizations to do that work with support of local congregations. Uh, The local congregations have no authority to provide assistance for that work. If individuals want to create such a thing and to fund such a thing and to engage in such a thing, uh, they have that liberty to do so. It may not be the most profitable way of going about things, but that's what they can do. Um, If the church needs training of its people, it needs to facilitate that training and ask itself uh, what the need would be for official certification and from whom and to what end. Church has not been burdened with the financial support of centers of higher learning, especially in secular matters. Another matter that has come about with the growth of facilities and the use of facilities is the present practice of building a fellowship hall. A fellowship hall is a building constructed to structure and facilitate common meals. Such a facility is often claimed to be authorized because the church is supposed to have fellowship and it is believed that the fellowship hall is thus an expedient to the fellowship that Christians are to have with one another, where there is an explicit chain of of authority. Uh, Many times often the attempt to justify the fellowship hall will simply be an appeal to say, are you telling me we can't eat in a building, to try to find some point of hypocrisy if somebody has eaten in a church building and say, ah, you've eaten in a church building, therefore we can have a fellowship hall. Uh, neither of these lines of arguments are very persuasive uh, first and foremost the idea of if it is a difficulty if there's no authority in a b in a church excuse me if there is no authority to eat any food in any church building uh then there's no authority for it if certain people are being hypocritical about it, that hypocrisy doesn't provide authority hypocrisy doesn't justify it and even if We could suggest, and I certainly would not say that uh, it is a sin to eat in a building. The issue has never been, is it sin to eat in a building? The question has been, by what authority has the church been given to expedite or facilitate its members sharing meals? And the answer is, there is no such authority. Now let us consider this claim about fellowship, and the idea that the church is commanded to have fellowship is an indication of a confused understanding of what fellowship is supposed to be in the New Testament. The word fellowship is from the Greek word koinonia, which means also association, community, joint participation. The verb form, the word means to have the state of fellowship, association, community, or joint participation. The verb is not an active verb of Behavior. It is a stative verb. It is a verb indicating a state of existence. Uh, the verb means you have a relationship. That's why association is very important. I no wouldn't say, "Hey, uh, we need to do association. We need to, you know, we need to associate," and therefore think that associate is itself a behavior. Like you can uh, eating is associating. Uh, you associate when eating, but we don't would ever assume that those two are the same thing. The way that sometimes fellowship and food end up being equated um we have association with each other we and we manifest that association by doing various actions together so absolutely christians are to have association a church is in fact they collect people who have association as uh fellow christians and as the local body of christ in that area that local church absolutely no argument there uh, christians are to devote themselves to that association acts 242 other places Association, those inherent in the idea of a church. They're supposed to have relationships. The question is, okay, who's supposed to facilitate that association And in terms of eating meals? And the answer to that question is, is individual Christians. In Acts chapter 2, they were eating their meals in homes. Uh, it was not an act of the local church. Um, in 1 Corinthians uh Chapter 11, it may seem that there are people eating food, uh, but they're eating food because of the hospitality of is having the church in their house. Uh, so there's hospitality there. And 1 Peter 4, 9, that's the whole thing, showing hospitality one to another without grumbling. The individual Christian has been burdened with the expectation of having... People into their houses. That if there's going to be a fellowship hall, it needs to be somebody's house, or we can people can agree to go meet somewhere else at a, a restaurant or something of the sort. And it's very important to understand the idea of an exped to be expedited, um, because again, Christians can eat together. It's very important emphasis: Christians can eat together. We see in Acts two forty seven, Acts twenty eleven, other places, Christians ate meals together, they did so frequently. But. To expedite something, and the expedition, things, you know, expedients are, are used all the time. People talk about expedients all the time, and it's almost mechanical. Oh, that's just an expedient. That's an expedient. That's an expedient, and, and that's just a way of like finding authority for something, but it's not really critically examined. Let's what authorizes an expedient? Well, you need to have some kind of command or some kind of thing to expedite, uh, and there's no example. Look, in scripture, There's no command in scripture for the church to be expediting what is an example of what individuals are doing. Uh, we can expedite commands. We can facilitate doing the commands. Do we need to facilitate observing examples at the same level as facilitating commands? That's an open question. Um, expediences are not in and of themselves wrong. We often use church buildings themselves are an expedient a way to facilitate the church coming together to assemble as it's been commanded to do in Hebrews ten twenty five. But there's a commandment there. We can look at other commands that we uh, can expedite through various means. You know, we come together so we can drive there. We can go tell people about Jesus. Uh, but the church has never been commanded to share common meals. When there are examples of it, individual Christians are facilitating it. The church is not paying for space for Christians to come together and share a meal. There's none of that in the scriptures. There's no command for that scripture. If individual Christians want to uh, rent a space, individual Christians want to build a building on land they own for that purpose. They have every right to do that as a way they can show hospitality to their fellow Christians. But in all of this, there is no authority from the Scripture for a local congregation to devote major resources to build a facility for the express purpose of sharing meals. The church has not been burdened with providing a fellowship hall or a kitchen to facilitate brethren eating together. And there's also uh, coffee shops and gymnasiums and things of that nature. With gymnasiums, um, you can probably conclude that if it, you can't have any, we don't have authority for the church to build a building to share meals, where you know, hey, ch- Christians actually share meals in Scripture. And then, uh, working out, gymnasium, which has no basis in Scripture. In fact, the only verse that such a thing is talked about in Second Timothy, uh, Paul stresses that in fact this uh, discipline and, and exercise in the physical body is of uh, lesser value than the spiritual um, exercise in Christ that there's no authority for it. But a lot of times there's ingenious ways of trying to authorize such a thing by an appeal to benevolence, by, excuse me, evangelism. That, uh, hey, um, we take the opportunity to invite people to our gym who may not be Christians, they can play some games with us, they can you know, work out, and we can tell them about Jesus. And In fact, Fellowship halls can sometimes justify that, but there's a whole lot of things that end up getting justified that way, that this is a means of doing evangelism. And let's be honest, there's a lot of expedience involved in evangelism. Uh, The way we tell people about Jesus is not specified to a significant degree. That's why we can, for instance, have this conversation um, mediated by the Internet, uh, using technology that did not exist in the first century. Um, that's where we can do, do lots of different things in ways they could never have done in the first century on the other hand just because there's a lot of expediency doesn't mean that we can justify every expediency because any expediency still has to fall within some kind of parameter of authority. Uh, There's no way that you can seriously suggest that the primary purpose of a gymnasium is for evangelism. A gymnasium purpose is to provide a place for people to work out or to exercise or to play games or things of that nature. That's what the primary purpose is for. Uh, The church has not been burdened with creating facilities to provide an opportunity to evangelize like that. Uh, we can take, for instance, a church building which has been built for the purpose of the assembly and say that as an additional use, we can meet in there for Bible study or to help people come to knowledge of, of Jesus because the primary authority of that building has come elsewhere. If the only reason we were going to build a building was to have conversations with people uh, to convert them to Jesus, then the building would not be authorized because that, is, that we have not been... There's no need to facilitate that. The church has not been burdened with facilitating that. The church has been burdened with the facilitation of the assembling of the saints. Not every single way a person might possibly tell somebody else about Jesus. And... There's a lot of funds that go into creating such things, and are there more profitable ways of using those funds? And even many people who may not uh, be bothered by these uh, things, according to the reasons we provided, uh, may not uh, hear the arguments about scriptural authority very well, yet nevertheless have come to the conclusion that It does not look good for a church in the United States to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or now maybe the millions of dollars for what are essentially recreational facilities when there are uh, Christians and churches around the world struggling just to make bare ends meat and to eat and to do other such things and have felt that it is better for them to use their resources to help people as opposed to build facilities. Uh, When it comes to a coffee shop. Uh, we can take this another step further in the sense of asking where in the New Testament is there any authority for the church to facilitate the running of any business? Uh, the only way the con- Lord's uh, church ever has made money is the free will contributions of its members the first day of the week, First Corinthians 16 and in other examples. Uh, there is no authority for the church to be engaged in business, uh, whether that be real estate speculation, whether, whether that be stocks, uh, whether that be to run a business in terms of a bookstore even, or a uh, a coffee shop. Uh, there's no, no justification for that in scripture. Uh, again, any attempt to say, well, this is a benefit for a member so you'll get coffee, a place that they can meet people and to talk, goes to the same concepts as the gymnasium. Those may be great things, but most of the country does not lack Starbucks. There are other places where these kind of things can be done. A church does not need to be in the business. There's no authority for the church to be in the business. The church should stay away from these things. The church has not been burdened with the need to do these things at all. Another thing that churches often uh, have been doing um, to pool resources to erect hospitals for physical care. Uh, in fact, a lot of places, uh, the hospitals are religious in nature. and To this day, a lot of hospitals have the name of Saint Thomas, Saint Jude, Saint Matthew, Saint Anthony, Saint whatever. Uh, Catholic hospitals, Baptist hospitals, Methodist hospitals, etc., etc. Uh, and hey, individual Christians are called upon to help the sick. In Matthew twenty-five thirty-six, I was sick and you visited me. Uh, visit widows and orphans in distress. In James one twenty-seven. But again, the New Testament provides no command, example, or inference to establish that the church has been burdened to provide a hospital for the care of ill people. That individuals are to help care for the sick. Uh, the mission of the church is the spiritual betterment of people. And um, if any among you is sick in James 5, call for those of the church to anoint them with oil, uh, not to, to go to the church-funded hospital. Uh, and again, this, none of this is to suggest that the, the practice is mentioned. Uh, are bad practices. This is not to say that orphans and widows should not be helped who are not members of the church, or people who are not in the church should not be helped, or that uh, having a place to meet as Christians for a shared meal is automatically a bad thing. It's not saying that uh, there shouldn't be gyms out there uh, to use for exercise and to encourage people. We shouldn't have coffee shops to in which we can go in and tell people about Jesus, or that hospitals shouldn't exist and Christians should have nothing to do with them. No, 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 no. Uh, the point is that the church, as a collective has too short of time and too few resources to care for all of these projects and to invest in these projects in any meaningful way and fulfill the purposes god has for the local church to do the work that it's established in ephesians 4 through 16 and as a body of christ in romans 12 1 corinthians 12. the church focus is elsewhere it's not a statement. These are awful things. The statement is: This is just not for the church to be doing. It's for uh, nonprofit organizations to be doing. It's for individuals to be doing, depending on whatever is going on. And so, we, so do we. Let us do what we can as individuals help people. Because again, so much of this needs a personal touch. And there's a re, maybe reasons why God has not thus burdened the church, and to make sure that the church can actually function as the church. We're getting so thankful that you've joined us, and we hope that uh, you can benefit by this. Uh, if maybe you like, think this is great information, other people need to hear it. We encourage you to please share it among your friends on social media. Maybe you got some questions about some of the things we've talked about. Maybe you're not sold on it need to talk about it more. Maybe you have a prayer request, or maybe we can help you uh, in some ways individuals. Uh, please uh, find us online at venicechurchofchrist.org. You can also find us on uh, social media. If you'd like to contact me personally, you can reach me at my website, at DeVerboVitae.com. That's www.DeVerboVitae.com. We again thank you. Have a great day.